So it's January, which means it's time for a fresh start, a clean slate, and just a chance to breathe and look ahead at the possibilities that are to come. And one of the things that I love about having a fresh start is setting goals for myself. So looking at, you know, the new year coming up, what do I want to accomplish? What do I hope to get out of this new year? And so I thought, hey, it's January. What do I want to talk about, you know, on the podcast? And I thought, why not talk about goal setting? So goal setting inside the classroom could be one of the most powerful things that you can do with your students. It can really drive motivation. It can drive focus and really get your students to maybe have that extra push that they need intrinsically to help them meet whatever goals, either academically or behaviorally, that they need to meet. So I thought today, since it is January, at least it is when I'm recording this episode, and when you're listening this episode, but anyways, thought this would be a great topic. And I thought that I would put together some tips and tricks that might help you sit down and set some goals with your students to help really drive the rest of the semester into gear. So before I jump in to the uh, actual tips, I want to remind you that since it is January, I have a really fun game going on for our listeners. And so one of you out there is going to get a chance to win a $250 shopping spree inside my TBT store. And it's super fun. What I've put together is a tic-tac-toe board. So it's really easy to play. It's really easy to enter. All you're going to do is head to my website, so sierraharristeaching.com, and then forward slash tic-tac-toe. All one word, no hyphens, nothing weird, just T-I-C-T-A-C-T-O-E. And then on that screen, you're going to find your tic-tac-toe board. So you can take a screenshot of it. You technically could print it, whatever you want to do. And then you need to accomplish three things to get a true tic-tac-toe. It could be vertical, horizontal, diagonal, doesn't matter. And then you're going to send me your game board. You can do that by sending an email to me with a picture of it. You can put it on social media and tag me. Just get it in front of me some way, somehow, and that enters you into the contest. So I know for a fact I'm going to pick one winner. Depending on, you know, my mood, if I'm really excited that day, I may end up picking a few. Who knows? So, but this is a really great chance for you to dive into some really awesome episodes inside the Literacy Lounge, really get going on some personalized PD and just have some fun and maybe win a prize or two. So. Anyways, again, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. That way, if you're on the go, you can just click down and it'll take you right to the screen. But again, the link was sierraharristeaching.com forward slash tic-tac-toe. Make sure to check that out. Teaching skills like reading comprehension doesn't have to be overwhelming. With the right tools and strategies in place, you can find success for you and your students. Step into the Literacy Lounge, the podcast that will give you the what, why, and how to elevate your literacy instruction and get the results you've always wanted. Here's your host and veteran elementary school teacher, Sierra Harris. All right, goal setting. So do we have time for this? This is one of the things that, you know, is always on my mind 
when I was in the classroom, you know, I, I there was so much to do, but, you know, goal setting was just one of those things that always got pushed aside. But until I took the time to really put emphasis and sit down with my students and talk with them and set goals with them, that's when I discovered the power of goal setting. And it did a lot for me because it opened my eyes into really where my students felt confident and where Maybe they didn't have as much confidence. Just, you know, getting to know them a little bit better when it comes to their academics, more than just what I see on paper and what I see, you know, qualitatively and quantitatively in the classroom. And sitting down with my students and talking through with them and setting these goals really did help set a fire underneath them. They become very focused on, you know, what they're doing and how their actions actually play into their results. They see how step one, step two, and step three kind of all come together and gets them to that finish line. And what's really cool is when I was like, you know, in the midst of teaching, I would be able to say, you know, hey, Ashley, Brandon, this lesson right here is going to help you meet your goal. And it would, boom, put them on the edge of their seat, and they would be so excited and so attentive in the lesson. And so I would know them just great conversations with my students, gets them focused. It is such a fantastic strategy. It is something I highly recommend doing if it's not something you're doing already. So like I said, I put together 10 quick little tips that I think we're going to blow through. They're going to be super easy and maybe they'll help you kind of get started. Or if this is something you're already doing in your classroom, then maybe some tips and tricks to help streamline it and do it a little bit easier or better. So The first thing I want to mention or the first tip is to make sure that you are modeling goal setting. Setting goals is not something that is natural. It's not something that kids know how to do. And so it's something that definitely needs taught to them. It's something that needs modeled for them. So it's just like any other skill or strategy that you teach. So when you begin teaching a new concept, you want to make sure that you model for it, right? You want to model your thinking for them. You explain, you take time to demonstrate what is happening inside my brain as I work through this problem. I ask myself questions and I self-reflect to help make decisions. And so having your students set goals is no different than teaching, you know, a normal reading skill or or math skill even, it doesn't matter. The same process is needed. So model for your students how to set goals. Set up some goals for yourself, maybe personal goals at home, maybe some goals for your own professional learning, could be anything, but set some goals of your own and model going through the thinking and the reflective process for them so that your students understand and can see what it's like. The more exposure to seeing it being done, the stronger understanding that your students are actually going to have and the more concrete and realistic goals that they're actually going to set. So that would be a big takeaway. If you're struggling with goal setting and you're like, this never clicks, the students don't get it, they probably need a lot more modeling on your end to help that happen. All right, tip number two is to set goals daily. So I know that's probably like, oh gosh, I can't do that. I can't sit down with every student. I can't do, that's not what I mean. So calm down, I promise. But setting small daily goals will help create habits of looking at our end result and being able to understand what steps are needed 
to accomplish that goal or to get to that finish line. So goal setting doesn't always have to be some big ordeal. It doesn't always have to be I'm sitting down with all 25, 30 students and having a conference. Goal setting can simply be, you know, let's try to see if we can get this lesson done in 20 minutes. That means that, you know, I need this from our, you know, behavior. I need this from our activity. I need this from, you know, my modeling. I want to make sure, you know, it's three minutes long or whatever it may be. It could be that we're going to do an exit ticket today in math class or reading class, and I want 90% of our students to pass that exit ticket. Can we get there? This is what we need to do. So you could easily set some classroom goals or some behavior goals or academic goals in that moment to just show students what it looks like, again, to kind of walk through that process. And also, like I said before, it's really going to motivate your students. So find something maybe each day to set a goal with. This is great at the beginning of the year or when you're coming back from breaks to focus on either like routine goals or behavior goals, classroom expectation goals, and then you can move into more academic goals. It can be set in any subject area. It is absolutely easy to implement. And again, the more you do it, more of a habit it's going to become for your students. And then the more likely they're going to be able to do more bigger personalized goals because they understand what it means to set goals. All right, next tip, tip number three is going to be focus on long-term versus short-term goals. I think a lot of teachers have a yucky taste in their mouth when it comes to goal setting because they think, you know, oh, I'm going to sit down with my students and they're going to look at, you know, what do they want to accomplish for the entire semester? You know, maybe they, back when we did, you know, leveled readers, they would say, oh, I want to be on, you know, level M by December, by the end of the semester, or I want to be able to do all of my math facts from, you know, zeros to twelves for multiplication by the end of the semester. Well, a semester is a really long time. So when you get into the thick of teaching, you're going to forget about those goals and your students are going to forget about those goals. So I want you to focus on balancing your goal setting with long-term and short-term goals. So long-term goals, yes, absolutely. How can we do, you know, multiplication tables to 12? How can we get you maybe an increased reading level, maybe instead of obviously levels, since that's not a thing anymore, we shouldn't be doing that anymore, that we are looking at increasing our average comprehension test results from, you know, a 75 to an 85%. Can we increase it 10%? But then how can you break that down and look at maybe month by month goals? What can you do to get your math facts accomplished in the semester? What can you do in one month? Maybe then they set a one month goal to practice every night and then you create like a I don't know, like a nightly little recording sheet for them. And that's like their personalized thing. And their goal is just to record it every night to get them into the habit of it. Or if it's for like the comprehension goal, maybe that monthly goal could be to focus on going back to the text to find evidence in their answers. So their big goal is comprehension, but their focus goal for just that month is text evidence. And so it's something concrete and smaller that they can work on that will accomplish a bigger, stronger goal that spans out a longer time frame. That way you aren't forgetting about the big goal. They're not forgetting about the big goal. And then everything that they work on 
kind of help support the bigger goals. So I think that makes it a little bit more manageable and it makes it more just concrete and easily, more easily accessible to your students. You know, how do I increase my comprehension test from 75 to 85%? Well, you could do a thousand things to try to increase that. So looking at that as a long-term goal is great, but then breaking it down into more specific short-term goals is really how you're going to get your students to understand how to meet that bigger goal. All right, tip number four is to use guiding questions. Again, sitting down with your students, if you've ever done goal-setting conferences, when you sit down with them, they're going to look at you with, you know, the deer in the headlights look like you have no idea, or they're going to, of course, give you the blanket statement like, I want to be a better math student. I want to be a better reader. I want to learn science. I want to be a good speller. Those are going to be the goals they want to set. And of course, that's fantastic. You know, we want to encourage that. We want to support that. But we also want it to set realistic goals. So you're going to use guiding questions to help get them to set goals rather than you being the one to come up with them. Because of course, we always want the students to be the one to come up with the goals. So you are going to use guiding questions to guide them to the actual goal you know they probably want based on their original answer. So let me give you an example of this. So you have a student who wants to learn 50 sight words in a month. Is that doable? Maybe. Realistic? Probably not, right? So we're going to guide them. So you would say something like, Susie, I love that goal. And that's a lot of words. You know, do you know how many sight words are normally on our spelling list? The student might say no, and the teacher would come back with like, oh, well, there are only five. So in one month, we would normally learn around 20 new words. Do you think 50 sight words would be an easy goal to meet if we normally learn just 20? Let's look at your spelling test from this past month to see how you're doing. So you can kind of use those guiding questions. You can use evidence from past data points to show them like where you are now and kind of where that goal needs to go. So that would be a very powerful tool if you have ever experienced you know, again, those students who just come to you like, I want to be a better reader. Again, a thousand goals can be set under the umbrella of, quote, being a better reader. So how can we really get them to set those realistic goals? That guiding questions tip can really help. All right, kind of going along with this one, and I've mentioned it a few times, tip number five is to use data. So make sure that your students have access to and that they understand the data that they have in front of them when you are setting goals. So I always recommend teachers, if you're doing a true goal-setting conference, which is where you're actually sitting with your students, you have papers out in front of you that have different data points, that you make sure your students understand what data that they're looking at. So if you're looking at, you know, spelling scores or comprehension tests, do they even understand what an 80% means? Do they understand what a letter grade means? Having data conversations is really key if you're going to use data in your goal-setting conferences. But data can be really powerful, especially, and I've even seen teachers use these in kindergarten classrooms, using data goal-setting conference in kindergarten classrooms. Can you believe it? But it's really cool because all data is, is a visual. If you think about like graphing, so 
you know, 100%, we can break that down into 10-point intervals in 10 percentage intervals, technically. And then you have a graph, a bar graph that you want to color all the way. So when we say our goal is to get, you know, the whole graph colored, and this is where we are right now, do we have work to do still? And if they see that maybe they're at like a 70% colored in, and they need to color in three more pieces, then yes, they clearly have work to do in that area. So you easily can have visuals or data ready for your students to look at to help set those realistic goals. So (laughs) I keep getting ahead of myself. So tip number six is actually to use visuals. So I think visuals in goal setting is really important, especially if you're working with your younger students. So having a simple blank graph, I had like tons of copies that I just kind of kept in my goal setting folder. And I would pull one out, I'd write the student's name at the top, I would write, you know, average spelling, or average comprehension, and I would write, you know, 10%, 20%, 10%, 20%, all the way up to 100% on the graph. And then I would have them color it in. Okay, you're at right now, you're at an 85%. Let's see if we can color in 85% on your graph. So they would color that in. And I would say, based on this, do we still have work to do to improve our comprehension? Well, clearly the answer is yes. And so I would say, okay. And then maybe we would do that again with math. We would do that again with you know spelling or other subject areas. And then I would say, based on these visuals, based on this data, you know, where do we want to put in our emphasis? Where we, where do we want to put in our, our goals for, you know, this month? And they would easily be able to look at their graphs and they would maybe pick the one that's the lowest, or maybe they pick the one that they're more, you know, interested in. You know, maybe they're just not into math facts, even though it's the lowest. And that's the one we really want them to pick, but that's just not where their heart is and that's okay. So they pick the graph that they want and then you use your guiding questions and your other tips that you're getting through this episode and you're able to, boom, hopefully set a realistic concrete goal with them based on those visuals. But it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't even have to be something that you have pre-done. Just have a rectangle with 10 lines drawn through it, something you could even draw up in the middle of the conference to show them like, here's kind of where we are. Is this something you know you want to work on? So visuals can really be powerful. All right, I've lost track on what number we are, but our next tip is to focus on realistic and unrealistic goals. So we've talked about the students who come to us and they're like, you know, oh, I want to learn a hundred new words or I want to, you know, have a hundred percent on every math test. Well, those are not really realistic. So making sure that when we are introducing goal setting with our students, that we actually have a conversation about realistic versus unrealistic goals. I actually do an activity with my students where I will write out goal examples. So maybe I have 10 realistic and 10 unrealistic, and we work on sorting them and justifying why one is realistic and why one is not. And then we take it a step further We actually look at the goals on the unrealistic side and we will try to tweak them to make them an actual realistic goal. This is a great activity to do at the beginning of the year or, you know, like I said, it's January. This is a great time to be setting goals with your students, knowing that test prep is coming up 
All of that is happening very soon, unfortunately, but this is a great time to actually sit down and do some goal setting. So this may be an activity you want to throw into your classroom to kind of get the ball rolling and get their brains going on what a realistic goal looks and sounds like and feels like. That's a big part of goal setting is the feeling behind it. And what is an unrealistic goal look and feel like as well? All right. So I think we're on number eight. So number eight is, or the tip number eight is to reflect. I think this is a big piece that sometimes gets missed because of time and I get it, but reflecting is a big part of a goal setting process. And if we're not taking time to reflect, then really we're, you're kind of just starting out of midair. Reflecting gives you that starting point that we need to get the conversation going. So do your best to take time to reflect on factors that are were in their control, out of their control, you know, their effort behind it, all of the, all of the components that impact whether or not you meet a goal. And taking that time to reflect is going to then impact their ability to meet their next goal. So that reflection piece is really really important. All right, tip number 9, this is a big one. Use action steps. So a lot of times a goal is great to set, but it's how you get there is really what's really is important. So looking at, okay, if my goal is to, you know, increase my comprehension from 75 to 85%, what are my action steps going to be? So step one might be making sure that they are, you know, reading nightly. Step two may be working on, you know, text evidence. Like you can That's kind of a big goal to have action steps for because it is so broad. So that might even be a great conversation to be like, you know, our action steps are really hard to figure out. Maybe it's because our goal is too big. So you can go back and then focus on making a more specific goal where action steps are going to make better sense. So but having those action steps, you know, what are three things you can do to help yourself meet this goal is a really great part. And then that's kind of where the check-in process happens. So as the month goes on, I can check in with my students and say, how are your action steps coming? Not really, you know, have you met your goal, but how are your action steps coming are you able are you able to do step 1 step 2 step 3 and how can i support you in those steps all right and then final tip of course is to celebrate making sure that you are celebrating your students accomplishments whether or not they meet their goal the hard work that they put towards it so setting goals is really a difficult process i mean think about yourself setting goals i can't tell you the last time i met a new year's resolution goal like I don't think it's ever happened. And that's, again, another great point that you can set with your students to say, like, that's why really big, lofty goals are very difficult to do. They're great, but let's break this down. Let's make it more realistic. But celebrate their progress, celebrate their success, celebrate how far they've come, and really make goal setting a really fun part of your learning environment. It can be really powerful. And I really think that once you get into a routine and a process that you enjoy and that your students enjoy as well, you're going to see the power behind the goal setting. So I hope these tips were really helpful. If you have any further questions, please feel free to reach out. You can um, reach me on any social media. 
at Sierra Harris Teaching. I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about goal setting, just shoot me a DM. So, and don't forget to head over to the website to grab your tic-tac-toe board and um, make sure to enter. The contest does end on January 31st. So if you are listening while it's still January, in 2024, make sure that you grab your game board and come join the fun and play some tic-tac-toe with me. I'm pretty good at the game. I wish it was an actual tic-tac-toe game because that would be fun. But anyways, make sure to grab your board and come and enter. And guys, I will see you over in the next episode. Thanks for hanging out with me inside the Literacy Lounge. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Literacy Lounge with Sierra Harris. You can find any of the resources mentioned in the show notes at sierraharristeaching.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more support with close reading, download the free close reading guidebook at www.buildingcomprehension.com slash close dash reading dash guidebook. Until next time, happy reading.